Hey everybody! Happy, actually not Wednesday this time, happy Saturday, because by the time you get this it will have dropped by Saturday morning, so happy Saturday. We're back in the recording studio, we are here on our bonus episode. In addition to our Wednesday drop, we actually are going to do a part two. We're going to cover the last two of the Road to the Kentucky Derby races that we didn't get a chance to because we didn't have past performances to look at, and we are also going to preview Irish Aces... Um, start in the I think the Tampa Bay Derby or something like that this time around. Tampa Bay Stakes. Tampa Bay Stakes. Okay. Grade three. Yep. There we go. And that this you know it's, it's his um it's his I guess debut in graded company this time around, even though the previous stakes race probably could have been considered good enough for graded company. But officially it's his, his debut for graded company. So we decided we would sit down. We're gonna talk about these three races. It's kinda like the bonus partner to the to the first part on Wednesday. Um so, but hope everybody's doing well. I hope we're all really excited for Saturday, and you know, hopefully, we'll be we'll be back on Wednesday to talk about a, a graded win. But you know, how how are you thinking? Have you had a chance to to look at these past performances since like since they went up, or are we just kind of flying blind? <laughs> I, I have had a a real, a real quick brief look at them, and uh, I think we got some some good races. I, I think um, there's some opportunity here, maybe to to get to know some new horses that we haven't uh, thought about a whole lot yet in, in this lead up to the triple crown. So uh, yeah, looking, looking forward to talking about it, looking forward to seeing how things play out this, this weekend. All right. So we kind of discussed it a little earlier before we got going, but we'll go ahead and jump into the withers at aqueduct. Um, it's going to be their second to the last race of the day for them on Saturday. It's going to go after the toboggan. Um, and this is one of those races where I feel like the New York Triple Crown Trail kind of gets forgotten, I think, because it had kind of like a slump year. Uh, so, well, s- several kind of slump years. But for, for what it's worth, like, I feel like the New York Triple Crown kind of race series produces some tough horses where they, maybe they're not world beaters every single year, but they're consistent. They keep coming back. And, and I think I think we're going to see a lot of that in this field as well, because you're going to get not quite so many kind of the heavy hitter million dollar back to back to back to back, you know, fancy names. But you're going to see horses from operations here that have a very solid base. They have a very good, you know, kind of foundation underneath them, like El Grand O, the Take Charge Indian here, has nine starts already and he's hit the board eight times. You don't you don't have that kind of record accidentally. So I think this race is going to be a very competitive one on paper, maybe more so than something like what we talked about on on Wednesday with Fierceness coming back down in Gulfstream. I feel like this race is probably going to be a little bit more competitive on paper and probably also with the betting public because there's a lot of ways you could go in here, I think. Lots of different ways you can go. It's it's a nine-horse field um, on paper, uh, light line. You know, he's certainly the, getting a lot of attraction at uh, eight to five on the morning line. He's a $600,000 City of Light purchase. And, uh, you know, he broke his maiden uh, at Indianapolis, or Horseshoe Indianapolis in September. And then he's run second at Keeneland and run second at Oaklawn. And he's put up some big numbers, with 83, 78, 79 buyer figures. You know, and he um, ran off the screen in that Indiana one. He was, what, almost 14 lengths? Yeah, he, he he won that race easy, but you know that 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 is different competition yeah. than than you see at this level for sure. And um, you know he's um 
he's trained by Brad Cox, so that obviously gets a lot of uh, attention. Uh, Manny Franco is on him, and you know, the six hundred thousand uh, dollar yearling purchase. He's obviously a, a, a nice animal, but uh, you know, he he did he. Like I said his, his after his maiden win, he ran in an optional at Keeneland, going a mile and sixteenth. Um, you know, no excuses there. Just got beat by five lengths by stretch ride, so he was second best uh, in that race. Um, and then and he then followed that up with at Oakland, yeah, in, at the end of December behind uh, Carbone, seventy nine, who's behind running Carbone, um, and that's the Matoli that we talked about the other day, I believe, and mm-hmm. yeah, but he lost that one by four, and that was a mile race, and he came off the pace in that one, so that was a little bit different running style he'd been a little five wide to too the, yeah a little closer to the pace in the previous two races um so obviously that that's getting some attention at eight to five i'm not interested in that you know he may win by by 10 but I, you know at, at those odds i'm going to look elsewhere um so we'll uh you know looking at uh, the others uh, one of those that you're going to look at has to be uh, speed runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is just coming off of his maiden win. He ran third in his debut back in October at Aqueduct uh, on, a, on an off track. Uh, he was sprinting, uh, you know, and clearly they they uh, they started him out seven furlongs. So they knew he was going to need more more length or more distance. Uh, went a mile and an eighth in his next start, uh, December eighth at Aqueduct, and, and won that race. Um, you know, breaking from the rail, he's by gun runner. Bred by Whisper Hill Farm, owned by Whisper Hill Farm, trained by Todd Fletcher. Uh, Jose Lescano's up. Uh, you know, I think at five to one, that to me, that feels pretty juicy. Uh, there's certainly reason to believe that this horse is going to improve as we move along the trail, uh, being by Gunrunner. And um, at five to one, I'm going to take a really long look at him. Well, and one of his one of his half his his half brother is is brilliant speed. Who was the just a ridiculously good racehorse in his own right? He was tough as nails, but he was he a dime. He won the bluegrass bluegrass stakes by a lot, didn't he? Is that yeah. bluegrass speed? I think so. Uh, that's brilliant speed. Brilliant speed. So yeah, he so won the he won the bluegrass, bluegrass, bluegrass by like yeah. I think like a nose or something like that. Yeah. But like they, I mean, they went straight out of that to the Derby, and he ran seventh, which you know is is isn't bad for essentially what later turned out to be a, a route of ground turf horse because that's what he became because he he was mm-hmm. third in the belmont and then he uh picked up kind of like his first like long distance turf stakes race was in the grade three sarnak and then from there he just kind of he's hit he hit the board in all manner of long distance grade one races on the turf so it's like he 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 was definitely one of the ones where he got better <laughs> as as right, as he right. kind of matured, and I think you know and you you look at some of his running lines he ran literally with some of the best like you know we have mm-hmm. Animal Kingdom on here who went on and won the Dubai World Cup, you have Mucho Macho Man on here who went on to you know buy the win the Classic you have Stay Thirsty on here Saint Nicholas Abbey who was the best of his generation. You know, you have a lot of horses on here that were were gritty, tough as nails, and you know. So I I think that also lends a lot of because I like I liked Speedrunner for that reason too. That he, there's a lot of um, just distance and rat of ground success, whether it's on the the dirt or the turf. Because 
again, Brilliant Speed was a Dynaformer, and he finished third in the Belmont, and then was a grade one placed horse on the turf going long. So, in this situation, Gunrunner, I think, is going to lean more towards uh, the dirt. So, but Speedrunner has every reason to to improve, like you said, and I think at, at five to one, he's a considerably better look at than than Lightline, who I think might be leaning more onto his auction price, and then and that thirteen length win for for this race at least. Then I think yeah, yeah I think I think you're right. You know, this is this is a whole different uh, set, but, but you know it's also it's a whole different game for for Speedrunner too for all these horses because yeah. most of them have not run in, in graded stakes companies. So you got Speedrunner coming off of his maiden win. One by a neck in that mile and eighth uh, on the dirt uh, back in December, and um, but he's one of the only ones that have gone at this distance too, except for like distance. Society exactly Man. Right. Yep. I think so Society Man's the, the only other one on here that that has gone that route, and actually behind him, behind Speedrunner in that race. Yep. So, so this will mm-hmm. be interesting to see if 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 yeah, kind of the, the pace is what ends up the the pace in the distance like the because right. a lot of times we talk about it a lot how stuff is bred nowadays to to be brilliant but not nest you know and to be brilliant at a certain distance but not necessarily be able to go past it without it becoming a battle of attrition so it'll be interesting seeing that considering society man and and speedrunner have both already gone this distance if that added experience is what kind of puts them over the top here, and especially Society Man at twenty to one. Like I don't think anybody would cry big tears if he ended up shocking the yeah, field absolutely. here. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, you know, we'll look on down the field. Deposition uh, is one that you know he's going to have to step up big time. The seventy-seven thousand dollars Constitution two-year-old trained by your eye, trained and owned by your eye, St. Louis. Um, you know, your eye can certainly uh, step up and surprise you on occasion, uh, but. Um, you know, he's running stakes company last out at Laurel. Um, he ran seventh, going seven furlongs. You know, he's run a mile or a mile. Uh, he broke his maiden at Parks, going a mile and 70. Uh, and, and his speed figures have been, you know, as best he's ever run is a 60, you know, for what that's worth. So, you know, it, this just looks like one where you're, where they're, they're taking a shot and hoping that maybe he can pick up some points and hoping that he's going to get better, um, going longer. But, uh, He's got some nice works. I mean, he ran a ran a bullet, uh, had a bullet work on the twenty third, going fifty eight and two out of the gate uh, at Park. So, um, you know, it certainly looks like he's going to be up against it, but uh, he looks like he might be coming into the race in pretty decent shape. Yeah. Well, if we if we keep going kind of down the page, we'll get to El Grando, which is I, I briefly kind of talked about him, and he's he's definitely kind of like how. The, the most seasoned that we had, you know, the on Wednesday that we kind of discussed, he's kind of in the same boat here. He he runs very consistently. His numbers put him smack in the middle of all this. And, you know, New York Breads, like I mentioned earlier on my little spiel that you can listen to uh, if you go back to the, the previous episode, but um, he, you know, he's a New York Bred, Stonewall Farm, you know, Take Charge Indy was tough as nails on his own right. And it's like, it's an a, it's a son of AP Indy over an unbridled song mare. And again, you don't, you don't kind of get to get to, you know, nine career starts eight times on the board by accident. So he, you know, he, he runs consistently. He shows that he absolutely belongs, belongs here in this, with this group. His lone kind of off the board effort was when he was really taken, I think kind of out of his element here 
where he was asked to chase. And I mean, going three and four wide when you've pretty much been a, a leader or stalker, it, it, it's for a lot of horses, it's not going to work out. And that champagne had a lot of speed in it. And, you know, Timberlake went off and, and, and won that race by almost four and a quarter. So it was a pretty stretched out field. And that grade yeah, one champagne that was, that's was like, also you know, very much off the, as a sloppy track too. Of course, yeah. it's one on sloppy tracks, but um, yeah. Well, and it, I think it just, I, I think getting put out of his element is kind of what, what sank the boat for him. Cause I feel like it, cause he, he did the, pretty much the same thing on the BF Bo, uh, uh, the one, uh, the September 24th race he had right before it, where he won by well over eight lengths. So I think just being taken out of his element, which I mean, great if it works, you know, and if, if it's a situation, like if he had popped up, I feel like if, if El Grando had popped up in the, um, in, in the fierceness race where there's only like two speed horses potentially in there, I think his numbers would be considerably higher. Like, I don't think anybody was going to be the favorite over the juvenile champion by any means. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> But I, I think that if he popped up there, it would be a wildly different situation. Mm -hmm. But, like, here, unless Speedrunner decides he suddenly really, really, really wants to go for the lead, like, on paper, I don't see anybody else that's going to go with him here. Like, the New York bread might be the shocker, in all yeah, honesty. Yeah, but I think my, my, my concern about him is, you know, and granted, he's won three times, but every one of his wins have been made I've been against uh, New York friends, mm -hmm. except yeah, even his maiden special maiden. maiden yeah. you know they, they sprinted him going five furlongs all the way started all the way back in May. He won for the first time uh, in his third start in July. Uh, then he ran second in the Funny Side with two hundred thousand dollars state bred six furlong race. Then he won uh, going seven in a state in a state race. Then he was sixth in the Champagne, as you mentioned. Wins the Sleepy Hollow, which is a mile again, another state bred race, and then when he steps out again against um, Open Company and the Jerome, um, you know he had a contested lead early out of the gate and faded to second. He has not gone past a mile. He's he's never run further than a mile. Um, I, I think I do. I, I disagree a little bit. I think Seminole Chief is going to be out there and go with him. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I just question whether or not he can get that extra eighth of a mile. Extra, can he get that extra furlong mm -hmm. uh, when when the burn starts hitting him? And and that's mm -hmm. my biggest knock on this horse. I, yeah. I, I expect he's going to be near the lead. And you know, maybe maybe this uh, little extra seasoning is enough to um, you know to to get him over the top but my concern is that, that that this the extra furlong is just going to be a little too much you'd hope that their unbridled song and apnd uh in that line would get him there but it looks like you know he's, he's run he's run a lot of sprint races and he's run and he's run well yeah. on sprint races and uh he's run you know wire to wire in in a couple of these wins uh but they've been against state bread company which let's just face it it's not this quite the same thing uh, but, it, you know, he did run second in the Jerome, but he, you know, he ha had the lead all the way around and, and ended up running second to drum roll, please, by almost four lengths. So, well, I mean, but, but he is, he gets it by himself, but he, you're yeah, right. you're right. But he is a stone cold leader. So do you put a lot of stock then in situations where the stumble, the stumble at the start is bad enough to end up on the running line? 
do you put stock into that and potentially the extra energy that the jockey had to expand that Kendrick had to expand to get him onto the lead that he wants could that have been a a uh contributor let's say to him not being able to fend off drum roll please uh, yeah, it, it certainly could be, but yeah, I, have, I, I honestly I did not watch the race, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I just yeah, we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, he he may like I say I, I, anytime I anytime I give a negative on one of these, I, I always <laughs> like to preface it with now he might win by ten because uh, you know you just never know. But that, yeah, that's just that's that's my one knock on him, and I think at five to two. Um, and I, I expect you're not going to, you might not get that much out of him because I think pe- people will be looking to beat Lightline. And I think yeah. El Grando is one that is likely that they'll, one that they'll turn to. So I don't know that you'll get the five to two on him. Um, yeah. Maybe you will. But uh, for me, uh, you know, I, of course, you know, you can't put anything past Linda Rice either. She's, yeah, she's damn good at what she does. Yeah. Well, I, I I am curious then, like because it is interesting that he's he's kind of not been able to to close the deal with anything above a mile. Um, do you take any stock? I, I didn't. This is just out of curiosity. Like obviously, we can't hypothetical too far into the future because that's when you start looking really stupid. But do you take any stock into? Because I read once that horses tend to get better at distance unless they're unless they're stone cold sprinters that's all they've ever done that's all they've they ever want to be good at but most horses that have a distance pedigree that kind of struggle with getting those distances early on in their career i've read somewhere once or maybe i heard it somebody was talking about it something it, it, it entered my brain in some way shape or form that as horses get older they tend to be able to handle the the physical and mental aspects of running a longer race better as they get older do you put any stock into that and maybe that somewhere into his older three-year-old season perhaps el el grando could kind of do what he what his juvenile form suggests right now that he can't yeah you know you, you certainly hope so and you know there, there there's other theories that that, that and, and anecdotal evidence that you know those horses that you see running a lot in april may and june like this one did a lot of times you don't see them as they get older you know they're running their best because they've matured ahead of uh, of their peers of the class Uh, we don't know what that situation is going to be yeah you know i think it looks like he's not tailing off yet and he's he's still running well still putting up decent numbers uh so sure sure uh, uh you know all that seasoning he, he could still be maturing and developing and and becoming a a, a smarter and and better racehorse uh, time will tell and and yeah. you know and maybe he shows us that on on saturday but this is just for me this is just the one that yeah I, you, when I'm, I'm when i'm looking through and i'm handicapping and i'm trying to come up with a reason to eliminate a horse that's what i've landed at mm. on this on this one it's just you know he hasn't done it that done that yet and he hasn't you know and, and we've seen him even in the funny side you know going six furlongs you know he he lost late and ran second by head um but you know again it's we don't know um you will see uh, most of, of let's see he's run nine times and six of those have been sprint races he's yep. just recently stretched out to the mile he ran sixth in the champagne he won the new york bread sleepy hollow um and then he ran second in the in the aqueduct in the, the jerome all all three of those at a mile you know he held on to win one 
uh, he, he did not fare great in the other. And, you know, and as you talked about already, the champagne is a whole different uh, situation from what he's seen previously. So, yeah. so I don't know, you know, if, if he, if he goes out and he gets, and he can set the lead with a pedantic pace and, and he can go 25 and 50 and 115, then sure. Anything can happen at that point. Um, yeah. I just don't know that he's going to be able to do that. Cause I, yeah. cause like I said, I think looking at the next horse right to his outside, I think um, Seminole chief is, is has potential to be on or near the lead as well. And, and pushing um, El Grando a little bit. Uh, Seminole chiefs, a Florida bred uh, $80,000 uh, uh, Gervin Colt trained by Jack Sisterson. And um you know, he's, he won last out again in a Florida bread stakes going a mile and a 16th, uh, sat just off the shoulder of, uh, the second place finisher secret lover who went on to win next out. Um, he ran sixth in the affirmed, um, you know, that was a seven furlong sprint Florida stakes race. And then he, you know, he debuted as a winner at finger lakes, uh, going five furlongs. He won yep. by eight lengths and it looks like they decided after that. Uh, that he needed to be taken on some stiffer competition somewhere. So they moved him. Nope. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's one that he's, he's likely run, but he's got $200,000 in earnings already. And, uh, and I, I think he could be one there at 12 to one. He could be some of that. Yeah. I don't want to call him cheap speed because he, you know, he, he can, he can hold it against uh, against uh, Florida Bread Company at least, so maybe um, you know maybe he's there in the mix uh, and, and causing El Grando some problems out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you know, kind of something we meant I mentioned earlier too is for at least for the like this distance is such a weird thing because you know almost again aside from Society Man who's next to him in the gate nobody has gone this distance yet so i so i think we're gonna i think we're gonna find out that for for this first time around i think a lot of these horses that are well regarded might kind of pull the cheap speed thing where they go out a little faster than they probably should Mm -hmm. and then find out late that that is not a good idea in these types of races um but i will be I will be very interesting. I will be very interested to see how this shapes up for for a lot of these speed horses. Because I think, um, you know, in in these situations, you learn pretty quickly who kind of, uh, you know, has ha- has the heart and the willpower to keep going, even if they have all the talent in the world. So I don't I don't know. Like I for me, like these Florida Florida sired races are kind of weird for me. Because you will get such a a mixed bag of contenders. Like sometimes you get horses where you're like, you know, you wouldn't be surprised to see them in kind of the lower end of the claimers. And then you'll get horses, you know, that that pop up and absolutely shock you and will roll off the screen and open stakes race. So for me, I guess I kind of struggle sometimes with, you know, seeing the quality of, of, kind of what's coming in in and out of these Florida sired races because some of their, you know, their categories and their restrictions are a little funky for me. But, like, I mean, again, Seminole Chiefs races weren't that long ago. So, you know, the, the jury's definitely out. And, you know, in that in that 
uh, December 2nd stakes race you were talking about where he did end up, you know, winning, he was on his left lead through the entire straight. Like, he was green as the grass outside of his yard. Um, you know, so seasoning is definitely going to be a big thing for a lot of these horses as well. So, then it was his first time with blinkers, which come off, I'm assuming, either came off or they are keeping the blinkers on for this start. But, um, I don't see any equipment changes for him. So, I, I think it's definitely going to be a, a mental race for a lot of these horses as much as it's going to be uh, a physical one. In yeah, all I mean, there's no doubt. He, he's, he's, he's lightly raced with only three starts, as uh, you know, there are a few others like that in this yeah. race. So, uh, yeah, I think he's got certainly got potential to to improve, no doubt about it. He's by tail of uh, Gervin's by tail of Akati, and this one's out of a Dunkirk mare. So he, he's certainly got reason, you got reason to believe that he can, Mm-hmm. That he can go, that he can go long and carry carry the distance. Yeah. Um, next up, you've got Society Man, uh, who ran third to Speed Runner uh, last out. This is another one of our um, maiden stakes runners. Um, he's an eighty five thousand dollar Good Magic out of a Colonel John mare. Uh, you know, it's just for me. Um, he he's going to have to prove a lot more before I get excited and bet on him, but you know he's certainly got room to improve, and I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but at you know again, not ready to load up too much on a twenty to one maiden uh, in in graded stakes company. Yeah, my concern is like the space between the the Saratoga and the Aqueduct. Like, whatever, you know, obviously he was, uh, and I watched that Saratoga race for Valentine Candy, who is now a, a very promising stake, another, we should say, very promising stakes runner for Steve Asmussen. Um, but, like, I watched that race where Valentine Candy, you know, put up some, I mean, that, that, that maiden race was absolutely stacked. Top to bottom, that was a stacked maiden race. It's nice that they thought enough of their $85,000 purchase to take on, you know, four, five, six hundred dollars $600,000 Justifies and Uncle Moe's and some, some of the most expensive stallions in the world. But it, it's also kind of concerning that maybe he was kind of hustled into that race a little faster than he wanted to be because he really didn't show anything. Like, he, he jumped immediately, kind of slow out of that gate, and then was just almost last the whole time and then you have that big break like from july until almost the beginning of december and that for me like i I, ooh, those make me nervous like i i think he's doing better now because obviously they've turned him over a little faster than than that giant gap right there but that's still like those kinds of gaps in young horses make me nervous because it means something happened well that 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 looks to me like owners that really wanted to run at saratoga yeah. And, you know, the good magic by Colonel John Mayer, out of Colonel John Mayer, this horse is never meant to be a sprinter. No. And they wanted to run at Saratoga. They probably rushed him into it a little bit. He wasn't quite ready. So, yeah, certainly something may have happened. He may have gotten a little uh, a little dinged up out of it, or maybe they just, maybe they just kind of thought, you know what? let's wait and let's do what this horse needs to do and was born to do. Yeah. Um, and that, that could very well be what it was. I think this is going to be one that will be much, uh, probably a little more likely to come off the pace. Um, 
And if he can get a good pace to run into, you know, he might make up some ground coming late. Uh, again, I just think a little more seasoning is going to be needed. Um, you know, that he may have all the talent in the world. You know, Danny Gargan certainly held a trainer. You know, we'll see. But it, for me, I'm, I'm going to have to see more before I get yeah. too far behind. So then what, what do you say in, like, in cases kind of like Mission Beach, where mm-hmm. he started out in the barn of Bob Baffert? And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, this was something that I think the connections kind of realized early, that either they did not... They they either wanted to try the Derby this year and, you know, decided, you know what, he's, whatever's happening, you know, whatever with the, the Bob, something in the Bob Baffert program is not really agreeing to with him because it is a $400,000 curlin out of a flatter mare. So this is some, this is another horse that absolutely has, is not going to have stupid fast California style speed. It's just not like, yeah, he won on debut, but like. I mean, anybody can can jump out there and and chase something down really fast. It doesn't take a lot of you know thought to be chased or to chase something down when you're that close to each other. Because it was a duel the whole way, which I'm not saying it was a bad performance by any means, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess in the situation, so he you know he kind of went from from the Bob Barn where he was fifth in the hopeful behind the shocker Nutella fella. I love that name so much. <laughs> And uh, he was third in the Bob Hope last year. You know, he, he moves from, from the barn of Bob Baffert. He moves over to Brittany Russell, who's, I think, officially the, the winningest trainer or female trainer. I think I don't want to mis, misquote what her new title is, but I think she's one of like the winningest either female trainers or trainers on the Maryland circuit in general. I don't quite remember which one yet. I'll check in a little bit. But he moves over to, to Brittany Russell and he pops up in a, in a laurel allowance, which... For you know, we we can't really compare the Laurel Circuit to to the California Circuit because Laurel is, it's it's different competition altogether. But apparently, he has been doing well enough where Brittany Russell decided let's take a chance and bring him back for his twenty twenty four kind of seasonal debut in a stakes race. So, yeah, you know, and and I've got all kinds of thoughts on this. So, you know, again, none of them will get us canceled. Hopefully. You know this this horse he's never run over seven furlongs, uh, and he got beat. He, he won first asking at Del Mar uh, with Bob Baffert. Uh, I I assume that it was the same ownership. I don't know that. Um, SF and Matacat and Starlight they go out and they buy a lot of uh, racehorses off the track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's my assumption that they've had this horse all along since he was a $400,000 uh, September purchase. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know that hundred percent for sure, but it looks like, you know, they, they, again, they, 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 he won, uh, he won his first race and the modus operandi of that group uh, is if you win your first race and sometimes even if you don't win your first race, you're going into a stakes race. And, um, you know, so out of that first race, they put him right into, a grade one, he gets beat by five. Then he comes into uh, uh, the the grade three Bob Hope, and he gets by gets beat by twenty eight. Uh, now at that point, you know, my guess is that you know Bob doesn't dick around with horses. He doesn't want you know, Bob. Bob wants stakes horses. That's what he wants in his barn. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, and SF has come out and said, you know, we're not moving our horses from Bob just to get them in the Derby because we love Bob. And so I, I expect that Bob Baffert told them this horse needs to go somewhere else. I don't know that. That's just my conjecture. Mm -hmm. uh, this horse needs to go somewhere else, needs a little softer company. And they've sent it to Brittany Russell, who is just, uh, as you mentioned, you know, she's just killing it and just running, you know, just having a great, had a great year last year and just has been on a big roll, goes into a much lighter company at Laurel and, uh, you know, wins by one and three quarters, going six furlongs. Uh, Not the fastest time either. Yeah. And now, and now they jump into this, you know, so I, I think it's a huge step up. I can't believe they've got him at six to one. And again, you know, this is one of those where I'll say he'll probably win by 10 after I talk about it. It's good, but I just don't see, you know, he, do you think it's the, do you think it's the former Bob Baffert protege that's kind of carrying I, this? I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's as much, Four hundred thousand dollar curling and and the ownership as much as anything. Yeah. Because um, people have just kind I, of I just, expect them to be yeah. triple crown contending connections. Yeah, exactly. That that's what they do. So uh, so for me, I, I'm a hard pass on this one. Um, you know, there's a chance he could be some early speed that could cause trouble uh, for for um, El Grando uh, and any other thing that anything else that's going early up front, but. Yeah, I just don't. I I can't I can't get excited about the <laughs> about this horse at all. I think he's probably a really nice allowance horse, and if I could claim him for forty thousand dollars right now, fifty thousand dollars, I'd jump all over him. But I don't think he's uh, yeah. I don't think he's going anywhere on the Derby Trail. So then, are we kind of wrapping the kind of the, like the same thing for Uncle Heavy, who really hasn't faced anything except Pennsylvania Company at Parks? Oh yeah, he's only been in uh, against Pennsylvania Company. He's, he's, he did win uh, a Pennsylvania bred stakes, going a mile seventy on the on the muddy track last time. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to be uh, up against it. Um, I think he, uh, if it's me, I mean, I guess you take a shot at it. He, he's 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 one. He's two out of three including a stakes race, why not take a shot, see if you can hit the board, maybe get some derby points. Um, but I think this horse is probably going to be a whole lot better uh, just sticking with um, uh, Pennsylvania Company and cleaning up on the Pennsylvania yeah. stakes circuit. With his um, friends. Yep. He, yeah, he's, he's, he's moving away from his friends in this, uh, in this race, I believe. And then the nine horse is Kanate. Owned by Calumet Farm, trained by Pletcher. Uh, Calumet is going to take shots. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, this is a $35,000 high tail yearling uh, out of an any given Saturday mare. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of high tails that uh, show up in the sales. And when they do, they, they're not exactly selling for tons of dough. Um, so this one's probably pretty nice physically. Uh, but I just think he's probably going to be in a little bit over his head here though he did run he stumbled at the start in the last race in the jerome ran third uh, by drum roll please and please no grando um just uh you know he's he's got room to improve certainly um he's he was pretty consistent uh, you know before uh, that, uh 
you know, before that last race has been in the two races in the low, low 70s. And uh, I just think, uh, you know, again, I, he's not he's not for me. So on the outside looking in, essentially. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm speed runner is, is probably what I've talked myself into on this one. Yeah. That's fair. I, and I, I think, honestly, that's probably where I'll go to. <laughs> like, as much as I like El Grando, like, uh, it, it's hard for me to look past the fact that Speedrunner showed that he can get this distance. He's bred for this distance. He has experience at this distance. And right. experience over a route of ground for the first time cannot be, I think, understated enough. I mean, that, so that'll that'll wrap our, our Aqueduct Withers coverage. So if we want to roll over then to Santa Anita for the Robert Lewis, this is a dirt mile, flat three-year-olds. And this is kind of where we come up into the, essentially Bob Baffert against the field, <laughs> even though it the is. Bob, the Bob situation. Yeah. the the It's going to be weird because, again, Churchill's decision and their announcement that Bob Baffert is still officially banned from the 2024 Derby as of this now, as of this recording, nothing has changed. Nothing has, has been stated that it'll be otherwise. So it's kind of a weird thing where yes, we can handicap for the wins, which it'll very likely be one of the Bob horses or we, you know, or do we handicap kind of who's going to get the, the points, even if they run third. It's a uh, wind me up right there on the rail with the Vino Rosso. It's out of a kitten's joy mare bred by the Ramses. Um, he's since he, you know, broke his, broke his maiden at first asking down there at Del Mar. He's just, he's always been in graded company. He ran, you know, second, the uh, grade one American Pharaoh behind Muth, uh, who's I think resurfacing in, in Oakland, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And then he's also faced fierceness in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. He unfortunately, you know, he ran eight, uh, eighth after kind of being up up in the front a little earlier. And then, you know, recently December the sixteenth, he was fourth in the LaSalle, um, which was kind of a, a very strangely run race. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he he he's owned by Pegram Watson and Waltman, so. Yeah, he in in his own right, he has been facing salty competition. He's been facing horses that have the talent to be a big thing but it, it i'm kind of wondering if maybe it may have been too much too soon for him because you know and and you're right a lot of these programs are triple crown programs like they want something with the ability to run on that trail but i think going from that to facing breaking his mane with a 71 and going to face mooth may have been kind of the heartbreaker they didn't intend for that to end up being <laughs> Yeah, and I think, you know, he, he, he certainly struggled in the BC Juvenile, which, you know, my, my goodness, a lot of horses do, but then yeah. he comes back and, and you know, he, he was very respectable in, in the Los Al. Uh, again, ran third to Winstock, uh, Stronghold, and Coach Prime, both of those last two in this race. Uh, and, you know, I think this horse certainly, you know, if he, if he does have some confidence and he hasn't taken too big of a, a confidence beating uh, on the losses, then he has definitely got room to improve and move forward uh i don't think that's out of the question at all uh, you know is he good enough to uh take the step up in this race uh, you know not sure um I, I think he's one that might even benefit from you know maybe even a little 
more distance than this mile. I, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think he's got room to improve, but I don't think he's going to improve enough tomorrow to really be too much of a factor in this race. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I, I'm kind of with you in, in the, the camp that's like, it, it breaks my heart to see horses that kind of right off of their maiden are tossed into a pack of wolves and are like, figure it out. Like that kind of makes me sad. And I know Bob is very good at, at getting these horses prepped for these kinds of jumps and he does it successfully all the time. But I think sometimes some horses just don't take it as well as others. And I think, unfortunately for me, at least, I think despite what kind of like what the morning line suggests, I think wind me up has just taken too much of a beating in his last several races that this might be just another situation of him being in for, for where he is right now developmentally, he might be in over his head, I think, unfortunately. But we'll move in to Ace of Clubs. And I, as much as the next person, love seeing a horse graduate out of the maiden rank, or the, the maiden claiming ranks, any kind of claiming rank. So, uh, but we have Ace of Clubs as a more spirit. He's trained by Doug O'Neill. He's kind of been in the same boat. He started his career in the maiden claimers, you know, ran third in the maiden 50, and then actually won a maiden 100,000 race. And those tend to really just be more, uh, probably more reminiscent of, of maiden special ways because you get some tough horses in yeah, those absolutely. in those high-priced maiden claimers. You know, immediately back that up at, at Del Mar once again against optional claimers when he won by four and a quarter. And then they kind of gradually boosted him into the stakes, the, the graded kind of competition. Uh, but for whatever, interestingly enough, they put him on the turf... And in the mile Zuma Beach, which he ran for. So, I mean, I don't... Let me check and make sure it wasn't a four-horse field. No, okay. So, he, he ran, you know, smack in the middle of the field, kind of at 25 to 1. And the horse behind him was 52 to 1. So, you know, he definitely outran what his odds said he was going to do. <clears throat> and then they kind of tried again with the turf. And it kind of wasn't his his thing. He kind of ran fifth there. He faded a little bit to fifth. And they, you know, they they take him over to La Salle for that La Salle futurity where things kind of went bananas, and and he runs last with never really engaged in that race. This is another one of those, you know, and he's an early he's an early January full, so developmentally he's pretty much spot on. He is officially three, so this is this is very interesting to see kind of how they they have this faith in him, and I'm not saying it's unwarranted, but. I don't know if, if any of his past performances justify trying again, especially against a group like this, when he's told them that he likes kind of the maiden 100,000 optional claiming group or even the lower level stakes races. So I'm confused why they, why I guess why they want to take this jump again when he hasn't really shown that he wants to. Yeah, I mean, no, he, he, was, he was only beaten by six links in the low south. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and he's, he's gradually improving, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, he finished, he finished fifth again, the Winstock stronghold coach prime, two of those horses in this race and actually, and with the, the, um, fourth place finisher wind me up is in this race. Uh, I, I think it, it, to me, I don't mind him taking a shot here because it's not like he was up the track, you know, he, yeah. he was, he was there and he was in the mix and. Uh, you know, he, he's again an S more spirit by Escandrea. Then you got he's out of an orb mare, uh, so one that can get better as we move along. 
I, I do think that this is still going to be a little bit above his head, but I, I, I can't blame them uh, for trying mm-hmm. this one. So that's fair. Uh, but I think I think he's just going to be. I just don't think he's on this level. I think you're right. I think his level should be in that allow you know high level allowance or high level very high level claiming. Uh, but I don't blame them for taking a shot. So then do we kind of have the same similar feelings about better than golden as we kind of go into if if anybody's gonna beat Bob, this is my pick. The Gary Mandela horse? Yep. Yep. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Do share. Uh I, I just think you know, one, I, I love Gary Mandela. Um I, I think he's a fine trainer. And um but more than that, I just think um you know, he's not a sprinter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they ran him at one time on six furlongs to get him started. Then they bring him back, uh, run him a mile, which is certainly where much more where he's meant to be. Um, you know, $290,000 Nyquist yearling. I think that this, he's out of an Fleet Alex mare. Yeah. I think that, you know, I, I, if, the, if this race was going a mile and an eighth, I'd really love him in this race. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he'd, I think he'd, he'd really be my pick, but I, I think if one of these horses is going to be, uh, be the, the Baffert horses, uh, to me, this is the one. Uh, I think he's got the makings uh, for it. He's, he's got some speed, uh, decent enough speed. Uh, you know, that, that, that his debut, I mean, they went 21, three, 44 flat and 56. Uh, and then the winning time was 108. He's never going to be that horse. And that was Nysos. He's also in this race. Yeah. Uh, you know, his last out in the main special weight that won. Um, the second place and third place finishers both won next out. And I love this running line here. Inhaled foes. Yeah. That means he was motoring. He was moving late. And if, and I think there's a very good chance that you could end up with a lot of speed on the front end here. And it falls and, apart. Yeah. And now, you know, the fact that it's only going a mile, yeah. I think it's less likely to fall apart. And that's why I said going a mile and an eighth. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, you're looking at a, a different situation. Um, but I, I think, you know, I, I like this horse. I like him better going forward. And he's one that I'm going to keep an eye on. Okay. That's very interesting. Okay. So then we'll come into, we'll keep going kind of down the list. And we have Moonlit Sonata. And, it, you know, we love, we love Malibu Moon around here. And it's, it's, I mean, you can't get <laughs> a, a bigger arrow at, at, please put me at route of ground than an AP Indie Malibu Moon sire and a distorted humor mare. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you're hard pressed to go any harder than that. So. And and despite that, he wins first out. At I six know at six. And, like then <laughs> you know, then, then, you know he, he he they move him on into graded stakes company, going seven furlongs, and he gets beat by he finishes fifth, gets beat by ten links, and just you know, this is this is this is this is above his head. Yeah, for me, I just uh, I don't. I don't think he is ready to take on this level of competition. Not sure that he ever will be. Maybe he will be, but I, I, I don't think uh, don't think he's here right now. 
Yeah. Well, and and that that San Vicente had all kinds of just that running line is is quite pitiful. Just brush start and you know stuck inside of traffic and for for horses that you know because in his in his debut he was six wide and he was off slow so you know and if he was wide the whole time he avoided a lot of that kickback so not only did he get bumper card at the start but now he's stuck inside and he's covered so it's like in a sense he he kind of had for, for a horse making only his second start against graded company against mooth who pretty consistently has shown that he is heads and tails uh more talented than a lot of what california can offer right now you know, I, I think he had every every reason to kind of peter out there for, for a first kind of experience with that level of racing. But on the same token, kind of to continue our trend, I kind of think that he's been, he's kind of been tossed to the wolves just to try and get some yep. kind of points or something going. So that if he, so that if he does improve later on down the trail, that at least he's got some kind of a bumper and they don't have to rely on a championship race and winning it is like a last ditch effort to get in. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think this, this, this to me, he's one to watch, uh, uh, you know, three or four or five weeks from now. Um, I don't think that this is, that this is his spot today. Well, and on, Coach, I would say on the polar, the polar opposite end here of our $75,000 Keeneland September yearling, we have Coach Prime, the $1.7 million Keeneland September yearling. A $1.7 million quality road out of a street sense mare. Uh, another Bob Baffert horse. Um, he is, he's run three times. He's won once and finished third twice. He's earned $67,000. He's paying big, big, big dividends. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he debuted on the turf, which, um, uh, you know, is not, not crazy. Um, went debuted at a mile, then and he, he was out okay. on he was out on the eleven post too. So the fact that he was hung way out there, I don't think that's the worst thing ever. Yeah, and so it's you know, he, so he I think he's certainly he's definitely got some talent. Then he wins going a mile, uh, wins easy going a mile in a maiden special weight at Del Mar, and then they bring him back uh, in the Lozal, which we've talked about considerably. Mm-hmm. Runs a, a very nice third, uh, you know, coming from fifth position at a mild rally late. Um, you know, the question I think for me in this race is, is he going to have enough speed that's going to allow him to be in contention late, only going a mile? This is another one that I like better if we're stretched out a little bit. Yes, he won. He beat Maiden Special Weight Company going a mile. Um, but he's going to have to beat some serious, he's going to have to be able to run down some speed. Well, then, yeah. Shows him speed to be closer yeah. than what, um, probably than what he's going to be comfortable doing. And there, I mean, there's a pretty fundamental difference too between a maiden special where you and everybody around you has no idea what you're doing, and mm-hmm. and something like this where just about everybody has you know two, three, four, five starts under their belt. But I guess I guess this is what what interests and and I'm kind of curious about this too for a horse who potentially is going to be a, a closer and is kind of lacking the, the the speed that you said. It's interesting that they're going to take the blinkers off because you would think, because blinkers are usually intended to kind of put some pep in their step. And and here, I guess they've decided to to shed them. And obviously you can't speak to, 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 to Bob's thought process here, but like why, like when we take blinkers off of horses, why is that usually the case? That might potentially be the case here. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't, I haven't watched the races enough to know. Yeah. Um, you know, does he? I, I don't know. I, I can't answer yeah. that. I would be interested to see what Bob's got to say. And yeah. Maybe, and maybe it's just, uh, you know, what we're going to try. It. Yeah. Uh, or and and, and uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. And, oh. we don't, and we don't know why they put the blinkers on it. Were the, were the blinkers on him to try to sharpen him up and get him to go quicker? Yep. Or does he tend to? Did he tend to get distracted a lot? Yeah, and, eyeball you stuff. Know, we don't know. So okay. Um. Uh. So I. I don't. You know, it's that. That to me, the, that that's definitely a, a, something to think about. But I think the bigger issues are just simply. I think this is going to be too short a race for him. Yeah, that's fair. Well, and, and we're going to flop over to Nisos then, who absolutely has been showing that these distances are, are kind of what he wants to do. Because yeah. four this to five favorites. Mm-hmm. Four <laughs> to five favorites on an Iquist, $550,000 horse in training out of a Bernardini mare. Won, you know, won his debut by ten and a half lengths. Just, uh, just absolutely overpowered everybody. And then they, you know, added another furlong in the Bob Hope. And he ran away by eight and three quarters and the running line says very handily. So he wasn't trying all that hard. So this is, so this is our, and obviously the morning line reflects at four to five, that this is the horse to beat. This is the speed of the speed. This is who you're going to have to chase down. I think. Yeah. And, and I think to me, you know, you look, okay, he's gone six, no problem. Seven, no problem. Now we're only adding one furlong. And if you look at his time form, U.S. pace as early as 104, late 101, he he's he's running fast, and he's and he keeps running fast. Yeah. So it's not like, yeah, I don't feel like this extra furlong is going to be any problem for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's uh, again Nyquist. He's out of a Bernardini mare. And I think that he is just going to go out and walk away with this one, just like he has his previous two starts. Yeah. Maybe, you know, he only wins by six or, or five. Uh, but I think this horse is the best yeah. of the best in this field for sure. Well, and his speed figures just wildly outpace everybody else. Just 96, 97. That 96 came in that maiden. 97 came in the Bob Hope. So on paper this is this is his race to lose and you know the paper lies sometimes and there's no way to account how how developmentally you know horses change on on paper but this is this is nisos's race to lose and i think yeah. that that's i think what everyone's just going to assume he's going to be the very very low priced favorite again yeah uh, he'll I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes off at 2 to 5 i mean he's just yeah to me he's he's the class of this field going this distance can he get a mile and an eighth down the road or a mile and a quarter in may well of course that's not going to matter because he's with bob so yeah um, but uh, for now i think in this race uh, he's the one to beat stronghold i really like stronghold mm-hmm. going forward i think this one uh you go zapper uh colt out of a jimmy creed mare as he's been very consistent uh you know he he one at second asking at Churchill, going a mile. Uh, then he fit runs second to Nisos at Del Mar, going seven. Uh, runs second in the Los Al behind Winstock. So, uh, you know, I, I really like this horse a lot. If this was a mile and a 16th, mile and an eighth, I'd be taking a much, much stronger look at this one. Um, I, I just don't know that he's got the 
that got the gas to to run with Nisos. I don't. But I could very easily see him running uh, another solid second to him. Well, and and sometimes just just being consistent and just showing that mental toughness and and keep going is is really all you can ask of them. In, in all honesty, yeah. and it's you know, and, and for him too, I he and also we should mention that in this in in, in the the low sal race last time he drifted so bad <laughs> to the point to where there was a steward's inquiry i think there was a jockey objection as well and so he's getting blinkers here to, i think more or less to mitigate the fact that he wants to go visit the fans in the grandstand <laughs> so um this for me if those blinkers do what they're hoping they do, I kind of like him to to beat Nisos here. I think a focused horse, a horse who again is not trying to be social butterfly in the grandstand, and you know, and is able to focus and is able to direct his attention to going forward and to you know keeping his feet forward. I think that's going to say a lot. And you know, if it turns out to be a situation where for whatever reason, that extra furlong is suddenly a problem. Then for, for Nisos, I think Stronghold is going to have the opportunity to to absolutely play spoiler here. And I think that's what's going to happen w- with the blinkers because he's just he's been doing that on a couple of occasions now where he's been wide. He's been all over the place. And, and I think the blinkers are going to do him a lot of good in terms of essentially saving him from himself for a lack of a better yeah. term for that to save him from himself so is, i'd love i'd love to see it i i do too <laughs> <laughs> i would too but let's let's move on to mcveigh he's our other million dollar baby in here he's um they picked him up from phasic tipton uh saratoga and that's always that's always expensive horses always he was 1.25 million. This is a Constitution Colt. He's out of a Union Ragsmare, Death Rocky C, owned by CRK Stables, trained by John Sheriffs. You know, John Sheriffs, above many people, absolutely knows how to take his time with horses. And and he he definitely knows how to put them in places where he thinks they're going to be able to perform. And um I, I think McVeigh is going to be very interesting. Because he's, you know, he faced wine, wine me up. He um, had, I don't know what happened in, in, in that January 20th, but the fact that they're turning right around essentially, and they've brought him back immediately after finishing second by seven and a half lengths, like whatever happened here showed them enough to where they're like, you know what, we'll bring him back. What? Two weeks later or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, and we'll have him, we'll have him try something at, 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 you know, against essentially a, a very strong Bob contingent because that's what you're competing against here. You, you, you're, you're right about John Shears. You're not going to question, you know, he, he's seeing something here, um, you know, and I, he doesn't strike me as one that's just going to say to the owners, okay, you want to run on the Derby Trail? We'll put, put him in this race. He, he, he's in this race for a reason. Um, and whether or not he, you know, they they truly believe that they can that can beat Nisos, or do they just think, you know, what we can we we're running for second in those points, uh, you know, I I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, he's a maiden, taking on this crew. 
uh, you know, maybe he hits the board, maybe that added, and certainly the distance is, um, you know, he, he wants distance. He's only run six and then six and a half. So I think that's only going to help him. Um, but, man, it's a, it's a tall ask. I, I don't see him breaking a maiden today uh, or tomorrow, but I do think, um, I, you know, I, I think he's got every right to be in the mix uh, for for some points. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's also kind of the, the situation that Scatify is in. Um, it, it's a $120,000 Justify, which at this point, just, I think Justify's pricing is private. So we do, I, I don't think we quite that's know. It's a cheap Justify. Yeah. The, for context, folks, like that is a, that is a cheap Justify because the, the running joke is nobody, it's private because whatever it costs to get your mare into justify it it's probably going to be you know second third fourth fifth on the list behind somebody who's equally ready to give more like justify is the hot the hot button sire right now he's had uh he's got the best i think two-year-old uh turf filly in france he had two european champion juveniles he is a champion juvenile in america with just fyi like justify right now if if he could be screaming hot he is screaming hot like this is a ridiculously good start and he's got he's got foals in two hemispheres so this would be very interesting to see um kind of when his when his southern hemisphere two and three-year-olds because I, I believe he had one of the best southern hemisphere uh two-year-olds as well so the fact that the, that this justify only brought one hundred twenty thousand. I mean, he won well enough. I mean, as it, a two-year-old, yeah, is you know he won well enough. It was like a half. He hit the gate, it, you know, and that that's always a an issue because I mean those these gates are not super super big. They are a little narrow, especially for the horses that tend to run bigger. So the fact that he hit the gate and then he still kept going and won by a half length. I mean, it speaks to that he's willing to keep trying and he's willing to keep going, um, and he's game as they come. But it, you have to wonder. And, and it is West Point, so you have to wonder what about him tanked it to 120. Like, at least on paper, he, he's got a better chance, perhaps, than, than McVeigh with, with his 84. But as much talent as he might show against a LaSalle main special, eh, this, is, this is a tough ask. This is going to be asking yep. a lot of it. Alrighty, let us mosey over then to the... Tampa Bay Stakes. <laughs> so we are going to roll over here. Obviously, for folks who do not know, uh, we've got Irish Aces in. It is the last race on the card at Tampa Bay Downs. It goes at 450. It is a grade three event. It is a mile and 116th on the turf. We were initially worried that we weren't going to get in, but we, we've we we've gotten into the field. We're finally not on the outside looking in. That's nice. Hopefully we we we're a little closer out and he doesn't have to to close out of the clouds. But this is gonna be a salty field. <laughs> it, it's a tough it's a tough tough bunch. Um, and you know it's graded stakes coming. That's what you expect yeah. it to be. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's gonna be breaking from the sixth post. We think the jockey's gonna be Lionel Reyes, but uh, he's also you know Lionel's. He's named on four races at Tampa that day, and he's named on three races at Gulfstream tomorrow. So uh, not currently real sure what's happening with, with him. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out soon enough and we'll pass it along. Uh, but uh, it's a, it's a tough spot. Um, you know, I looked at the, the time form um, analysis and projection algorithms and 
they basically that their that little algorithm that they put together says he will not even be in contention on on the board or not not even like within sight of the field at the end of the race which i found amusing uh meanwhile one of the <laughs> daily racing forums um one of the daily racing forum uh, uh handicappers that picks that puts in their picks for the race had him picked on top uh he was the only one of the three that had him mentioned but he was picked on top by one of them and i, I you know i think he will be uh mid mid to toward you know or toward, toward the back of the pack uh and hopefully putting in a big run like we've kind of gotten used to seeing at uh you know the last couple races um so that that's where he is um but we'll talk about let's talk about the rest of the field first and then we'll and we'll wrap up with him a little bit more yeah so i mean for on the rail we've got the street sense he's one of the interestingly enough he's he's one of the uh like mid-seasoned horses with 19 starts he's a six-year-old so it hasn't exactly been over raced by any means um but he's trained by by Shug McGahee. He's out of a forestry mare. This is Cortland Farms. Um, Shug McGahee knows his horses. He he you know he's one of those folks who if he doesn't think the horse needs to be there, then the horse will not be there. And you know yeah he he ran ninth in the Turf Cup. He had, really had no response. But it was you know it, it's kind of like the last race of a long season for him. He had he had every right to get tired, especially going a mile and a half. Like they don't, you know, they don't run the long distance turf races as, as much as we would like them to run long distance turf races in America. But um, you know, he he definitely had reason to get tired after what it was a long season for him, and um, you know, and and he was fourth in the Grade One Arlington Million. He was third in the Bowling Green. He was second in the Monmouth. So. He's, he's, he's been, he won the dinner party at Pimlico. So he's been consistently performing. Um, so this is kind of like a seasonal opener for, for him and a lot of these horses, but he's tough. And, and that's all you can say for a lot of this field is, is he's tough and they're going to be tough. And I guess we have to decide, you know, who's, who's going to be coming on strongest late because he has been gone since September. So he, we have something of a, of a space to consider here for him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, he, he, you know, it's one that you, you, you have to question, you know, is he still going to at six years old off since September? Is he still going to be at the top of his form? Is he going to need a, a little bit of a, you know, race or two to kind of get back into it? Um, you know, he, he has not won in this last one, two, three, four. And so he ran, he won last in May and then four times, He's just kind of steadily declined uh, going forward. You know, is that a function of age? Is that a function of just him being in training for a really long time without a break and he just needed to break? Um, don't know, but, you know, Shug can, he gets about 11% winners on 61 to 180 days. So that's, you know, that's not too shabby. Um, and you know, like, like you said, you know, Shug's going to put them where he thinks they need to be to win. Uh, the question is just, you know, does this horse still have it? Um, you know, was the decline because he needed a break? Was the decline because of age? Um, and is he going to need another race? He is the five to two morning line favorite. Um, mm -hmm. Victor Shimonot aboard, 
Um, he's got good position. He's going to be one that will be closing uh, more than likely. Yeah, probably coming from mid-pack uh, would probably be his ideal situation. Um, so we'll see. He'll be. He'll, he'll, he's probably going to be in a what we would think. What we would kind of want uh, Irish aces to be in that that type of position. Um, and you know, does is this horse? You know, he's wanted a mile and a sixteenth, uh, an allowance optional at Tampa, going a mile and a sixteenth. But you know, is he better? They've run him a lot more going going longer than that. So is is he better going a little bit longer? Uh, we'll see. Yep. Churchtown's nine to two, uh, uh, breaking from the two hole, trained by Roger Atfield. Um, man, it, it, again, here's another one that's been off since. Um, early november since november mm -hmm. uh he, and he had a break from september 2nd at kentucky downs where he did not run at all uh which is just you know uh, that happens at kentucky downs sometimes mm -hmm. but he's he's fairly light lightly raced five-year-old out of air force or by air force blue he's out of the blame uh mare and um he's put up some big numbers uh, a whole lot of 90s yep uh over his last several races and uh he's going to be one that it's probably going to want to be a little bit closer to the front end of this race. Hmm. And some of his best performance also seemed to kind of come at the mile or slightly shorter distances. Um, and like he granted he won the geo Ponte at aqueduct, but I mean, that was in 2022 and that was in, in, in November of 2022, <laughs> which was, I think his, no, yeah, it was his last, his last win. So he's, he kind of spent last year winless he came close, not not to say he was far away. He, you know, finished second to Annapolis in the opening verse. And, you know, Annapolis is, is game and tough as they come. Um, but he's kind of been his he was he spent a lot of last year being the bridesmaid, but never the bride. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and, and and he, you know, he's won. He's run in a couple of, of graded stakes races before, yeah. has not won any of them. Uh, you know, unlike a. Um, and we never explained who did win uh, the dinner party. So yeah, um, it's going to be a little, uh, he's run big numbers, but he hasn't run huge numbers yep. terms. Well, you know, I guess in the cannot, he was, that was seven furlongs. He was four feet in the length and a quarter, ran a 95. In the opening verse at, at Churchill, he was, he ran a 96, uh, but ran second. To in Annapolis. Appleton, yeah. So, but again, you know, the, the opening verse is not a great stakes, and the Appleton yep. is, uh, in, which he ran at Gulfstream, going a mile, ran second, beating a half length. So he's he's in the mix. Uh, you know, typically, like I said, he's going to be, looks like he likes to be on the lead or near the lead. Um, uh, it seems to be when he runs his best. Uh, so so we'll see uh, if, if, you know, hopefully that uh, somebody's out there with him, with him and making him work a little bit, and, and we're in good position yeah. to run him down late. Mose, so Mose, yeah. Mose is going to be, and luckily for you, Jared, this is a full brother to Cyclone Ranger. Full brother to Cyclone so Ranger. So this is going to be as close as we ever get to having two of our horses running against each other. <laughs> I know, I know, that's a bullet sweating nightmare for you, but yeah, as, I don't like it. Mark says he's fine with it. I don't. I'm not crazy about it, but uh, you know that is what it is. We haven't we haven't had to do it yet, but at some yeah. point I'm sure we will. But it's a good it's a good problem to have. I prefer that problem. Yep, absolutely. But so yeah, Mo's, uh, yeah brother, hard spun out of bag of jewels. Uh, he won the Hawthorne Derby as three year old back in October of 2021. Uh, um, 
only ran a couple times last year, uh, ran a second in a, in an optional back in April. Then he was, and that was after, you know, he was off from September to April, ran one time. And then he was off from April to December and ran seventh when he came back. Uh, so he's got one under his belt, um, you know, re somewhat recently. Hmm. Looks like he's been training fairly well. Um, you know, don't know a lot about Patrick McBurney or the, the ownership group, but, uh, you know, we certainly always keep a real close eye on, uh, on Moe's. Uh, he ran in the Tropical Park Derby, just like uh, um, Irish, Aces. Uh, Irish Aces did. Uh, he ran 11th, beating 13 links. Uh, so, and then he's running some great company. I never surprised too, which is interesting. Yeah. So he, he's running, he's running some big races and, um, you know, just, uh, he's kind of tailed off, uh, the last few. And like I said, he just only, he only had two starts last year and ran second and then, uh, ran, ran seventh beating about almost 10. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to be he's, look, similar to, to Cyclone Ranger and, and Irish Aces. He's going to be coming, uh, coming strong at the end i would expect yeah uh but i just think i think maybe you know at six years old uh you know maybe his his best days are behind him yeah well and it's like because he, he hasn't won since that uh Hawthorne yeah. Derby. yeah well and, and it's like if if this is i don't know if this is when when he was gelded or when the paperwork was reported but he was gelded in, in september the 14th of 22 so that could potentially explain the first break but like yeah. the second break in between, like this, it might have just been kind of a okay. Let's let's try and get his mind refocused, and it might and, not. You know, maybe maybe he's like his brother, and he had to have about twenty feet of his uh, yeah. intestines removed. Yeah, that'll. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, let's let's go into to win from within. This is an into mischief, which is into mischief just seems to throw anything to run anywhere against anybody. And this is one of those super rare situations where when you see people put up horses in like $150,000 claimers, it's more or less just a show of like, well, if you really want him, you can take him. And in this situation, someone did. <laughs> he was claimed for $150,000. Um, and in the race where he ran, I believe he ran third behind a church town and um, Ocean Atlantique. And then they took a horse that has been doing very, very well on, on the grasses of late as, as like his, his most recent form. And they put him in the Mr. Prospector on the main track. And that's confusing to me because kind of like what Mark said a couple times in, in one of his stories, like if it's not broken, don't try to fix it. And I think that's kind of what they did here. <laughs> they tried to fix something that wasn't broken. You Sometimes you just wonder. <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad uh, we're both yeah, mystified by this because yeah. i'm very confused <laughs> yeah you know and but hey you give it a shot why not and yeah. see what happens and they gave it a shot didn't work out and uh and you know maybe they just felt like they well i don't know it's not like he'd been off and needed a, a yeah. race back or something so uh yeah he's run some big numbers he, he's definitely like i said he's, he's run best on on the grass uh he he's six to one on the morning line he has not won since the red bank uh listed stakes at monmouth in september of 2022 um six-year-old horse uh that, that's not something you see very often hmm. um so um you know that's a hell of a claim for one hundred fifty thousand yep. dollars. i don't think i could have uh 
pulled the trigger on that and uh, they're obviously <laughs> they're going to try to make some uh, going to try to make some of their money back in this one hmm. and uh he's going to be a, he's going to be one he, he ran second in this race last year um and he's going to be one that is going to be on or near the lead hopefully along with churchtown uh causing him some problems and um not letting him not letting him run away with it on an easy lead and um you know i think i think a lot of horses have shots in this field and if he if he's if he ends up on an easy lead and churchtown doesn't go with him or or vice versa uh then i think you know he he could be one that could just uh sneak could away. Run away with it yeah sneak away yeah but uh but the hope is that 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 does not does not happen obviously mm-hmm. Well, uh, we got Olympic runner. Yeah, right next okay, to him, by far the most Olymp- seasoned Giopani. Yep, Olympic runner, thirty-five starts, six wins, nine place, three shows, five hundred eighty-one thousand dollars. Giopanti, eight-year-old um, man, he's just uh, he's just churning right along. Um, mm-hmm. His his last race was at Santa Anita, um, going six and a half on the turf. Um, did not run great uh ran 11th uh beat six and a half lengths mm. you know all of his races that at least recently and everything that i'm seeing all the way back to september of 2021 and, and man he hasn't won a race on that's on the the pps that i that i'm looking at in front of me because it only goes back to september of 2021 i think he won a colonial on august oh, yeah, the 5th right, of 23 yeah. won, a, won a colonial going five and a half furlongs on on the turf yeah. so uh you know is this horse one that can get a mile of 16th on the turf i don't see anything here that says he can um but again mark cassie knows what he's doing yep yep so i don't know so to his inside do we want to talk about irish aces or do we want to do the rest of the field and then come back or sure we'll we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about our okay. six <laughs> uh you know uh, when you're looking at at the horses coming in you know obviously he's he's the I think he's the lightest race of the bunch at five starts mm-hmm. um I, I think certainly still plenty of room to improve just missed winning the tropical park derby um you know the stumble and being really really wide uh nine path is what it's got noted yep. here in, in the running line mm-hmm. um you know he gets a little bit better trip a little better racing luck and you know he wins that race i think pretty easily um prior to that runs an 85 and wins um just with an incredible move on the rail uh an allowance at keeneland salty very very salty group and uh then he came back and you know he came back from a long uh layoff you know he got we ran him on the turf in his debut going five on the turf uh at indiana uh ran second but you know we knew he wasn't really going to be a a a sprinter then uh, brennan thought it was worth giving him a shot on the dirt that that didn't work out he's definitely well in the running horse. line for that indiana maiden has him as as clipping heels at the 316 too yeah, so yeah, yeah so he's he's had had a little you know he's had some he's had some bad luck already in his short, right? short career <laughs> Um, you know, Brendan actually, you know, suggested we bring him back in a maiden 30, uh, back when he finally came off the bench and, uh, we said that we didn't think we wanted to do that. So 
uh, he wins that uh, that maiden pretty easily at a mile and a sixteenth. Um, then again, wins that allowance with just a great move with Tyler Gaffley on board. Um, and then, you know, just missed, uh, coming, you know, in the tropical park derby, he has been training like an absolute monster, um, mm -hmm. training like a horse that is on the improve. Um, you know, I, I rad was super complimentary after the last race and Tyler Gaffleon has been up for a couple of the works. And, you know, I think one of the, I think the last work he said, man, he is training like an absolute beast and he's been training with graded stakes winners and just, you know, as in Brendan's word, jerking knots in your tails. Mm. The, including Temple City Terror's half sister. Yes. So, um, so, you know, I think he's got, he's got a lot of room to improve still, uh, you know, and, and he's going to have to do that to win this race. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, he's got, he hasn't hit 90 yet on any speed figures, uh, versus, you know, compared to a lot of these other horses, his best, uh, he's run 85s in his last two starts for what that's worth. Um, but, uh, you know, just feel like he's got a lot of room to improve and he's just getting better. I mean, he it worked one-on-one, uh, on the 26th, the one-on-one, he had, uh, the bullet on the 19th, he went 59 and just did it easy. The bullet out of 24 works, uh, worked 48 before 48 and two before that. And just, uh, so he's had a really, really nice work tab, uh, coming into the race and just, you know, he's just eating up the track. So yep. we're optimistic. Uh, he's going to have to get a good trip and he's going to have to step it up. You know, he, he's not just going to waltz in here and win this race. Uh, just because he's been training great and, and running well, he's going to have to, he's going to have to continue to take that step forward and, and, and continue and improve like we hope we, he, he will. Yep. And that, that brings us to kind of, you know, candidate right through here where he's, he's got form over the surface at this course and distance. He won by a nose, um, December the 24th at this track against the Lance Optionals. Um, before that he'd kind of been at Penn and Keeneland, he'd been trying his, his luck at, at the graded races kind of a little, I think he, he got really far in over his head cause those are some tough, especially the Transylvania that's tough every year. Uh, the Penn mile is one of those where he was just pressed. He, he pressed, he was wide every step of the way and he just weakened. But I think kind of what gave them hope was the kitten's joy where he'd run pretty well. Um, at, to to get second in, in the grade three kins joy and before that he had won the nia beach so you know he he definitely has shown that that he's 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 got every right to be here just like a, a lot of this field does and um it'll be very interesting to it's interesting that, that an exaggerator is on the turf because you kind of look at them like they i think they assumed in his debut you look at him you're like oh dirt horse and then he's like well, no i'll run on the grass thanks <laughs> Yeah, um, it's you know sometimes they sometimes they they surprise you. You know he, he's out of a pure prize mare, which uh, you, know, you could get some turf on uh, with the pure prize, but uh, he's running on the turf and he seems to like it. He's got eight lifetime starts. He's won four times and ran second once, uh, coming off of a win at Tampa on December twenty four, like you mentioned. And um, you know he he's another one that that certainly looks like he does have room to improve. His work tab looks pretty solid. He's got room to improve and he's going to have to improve. 
Yeah. Uh, it looks like he's another one that's going to want to be out front early. Uh, so we could have several horses that are out on a, a relatively, uh, you know, out relatively yeah. early and trying to close uh, late. Well, and, and speaking of just just really good efforts but never seeming to get there, Cedra Boston is kind of in the same boat where he's been on the board, what, 11 times in his 13 race career, but he's only won three times. <laughs> But he's there all the time. Like, he always seems to show up and he runs and he tries his heart out every time. But it's like bridesmaid syndrome. Like, you're always just close enough, but it's just far, too far away. And I think that's that's kind of Siege of Boston's luck here. Yeah. Uh, you know, some horses, they just, they just struggle to break through. And, uh, you know, he, he did win uh, in, at Laurel in June and allowance optional. Uh, he's been putting up some s consistent numbers in the 90s. Uh, he was third last out in the River City at Churchill in November, so he's another one coming in off of a, a, a pretty good break. Um, he, he'll be one that's coming from the from the back end and, and trying to close and and make up ground late. Uh, he's five to one on the morning line, and um, you know I think I think he's certainly one that that. Well, hell, I think just about all of them can win this race, yeah. quite frankly. This is just a tough, tough yeah. field. This is a tough handicap, tough race to handicap. But yeah. uh, he'll be he'll be closing late and um, hopefully just not closing quite as fast as we are. Well, and that, that kind of brings up the, the question of April Fool's Andy. He comes out of the Tropical Park Derby along with Irish Aces, and he had all manner of just terrible luck in, in this race. He was stuck on the rail at three eighths. He was blocked at the quarter pole. He was blocked at the eighth. Like he, this horse, like if you can just choose somebody to be the whipping boy for a race, it feels like that's what April Fool's Andy was for that tropical park derby. Yeah, that's right. And then, you know, he came into the race off uh, like us off a two, uh, two race win streak. He'd won uh, in an allowance optional at Tampa in December, then won an allowance optional at uh, Delaware in October uh, so, you know, he was coming in on good form. Like you said, he had some bad luck. Um, yeah, he's primarily run numbers in the seventies and sixties. He, he, you know, freaked off, freaked and got a 93 in the, in the, uh, in that allowance optional at, uh, that he won at, at, at Tampa. Um, so, you know, anytime I see something unusual like that, I kind of question that number and, and, and wonder if there was something else going on because it, you know, he just, he freaked that day and, you know, maybe it just, uh, maybe it was just his, his, his day and he, he was feeling it. But, um, yeah, so you kind of question that one, that one number in the nineties. Uh, I, I think he, you know, certainly, yeah, he could win this race just like, uh, about anybody else, but I think he's probably one that I would, uh, one of the few horses that I would draw a line through in this race. Yeah. Cause like, that could have also just been the race of his life, and it, that could have been his Kentucky Derby, right? Yeah, and and yeah. and a ninety three is just the best he can do. So, but we'll I mean we'll yeah. we'll find out. So and, and kind of tap right on uh right here on the the very far outside, kind of round out the field. We have Running Bee, which is a five year old horse by English Channel out of Our Joys and El Prado Mare. Um, Chad Brown trains for Calumet Farms. And this is another horse where he has spates, where he just does really well, and then kind of peters, and then does really well, and kind of peters. And the petering seems to be coming in conjunction with his attempts at graded company. So I'm wondering, 
if if they're trying to capitalize on the you know what we're not going to drop him down we're just going to think we did and then we're going <laughs> to chuck him into a graded race yeah you know and, and this is an interesting one because he was off for you know he debuted in september of 21 and then he didn't run again until july mm-hmm. of 2022 uh, ran four times in 2022 so last being in october then he was out until november well over a year 2023 so over a year now he won uh, his last race that was that that last race in 22 an allowance at keeneland then comes back and wins an allowance optional at um at, at aqueduct and you know that's november turf race turf racing at aqueduct uh, you know I, uh, it's always a little bit questionable that that's not where the best turf horses are. Uh, so you wonder a little bit about that. Uh, they bring him down for the grade two uh, Fort Lauderdale going a mile and an eighth at Gulfstream and he runs eighth beating five links. Um, and you know, he was near the phrase. He, he tends to be a, a little bit of a front runner type. Uh, so there's going to be plenty of speed in this race for, for closers uh, for mid pack horses. Uh, you know, I think he's one that, that will be up there, you know, but, you know, Chad Brown on the turf, he, he's going to be in the mix, uh, you know, whether or not he's good enough uh, to, to hold on and win in against graded stakes company, you know, he, he certainly hasn't proven that yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it would not surprise me uh, if he were to, to win this race. So, yeah. Well, and, and it fits his pattern, kind of like when he when he's coming in off of, of a layoff or off a, a, a considerable break in between races, he always tends to, at least on paper, it seems he, he tends to do better. So, yep. so that's the field. And we... Uh, that, uh, should this cap is... off after, after two episodes, should cap off a very exciting yep. weekend of racing. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be busy for sure, but it's also going to be super exciting. We're, you know, I'm really looking forward to this Tampa Bay Stakes, I think um kind of now that that he we're not on the outside looking in we're not starting from from way out in left field i mean if worse comes to worse dave is gonna be down there if we need to slap a silk on him and get him onto this horse i'm sure he would try to ride this horse to the best of his ability so if uh, all joking aside we will let everybody know when we find out what the jockey situation is going to be for him but um but I think I think it's just going to be a very very exciting day. Just not not only across the country, but I think for us as well. Just to kind of you know what a year or two removed from from Temple City Terror to kind of have our next kind of turf graded quality horse is is exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think. Yeah. So uh, yeah, probably I guess that'd be a year and about three months since mm-hmm. our last graded stakes win. So hopefully we can get another <laughs> one tomorrow. Absolutely, and whoo. That's this was this turned out to be a lot longer of a marathon than I think we thought the marathon. We just kept would talking. Be. We just we kept did. talking. So, <laughs> but you know, thanks everybody for tuning in for the for the bonus episode. If you checked out after part one, cannot blame you. But if you did come back for part two, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, uh, obviously, this is dropping on a Saturday, so you know, best of luck if you're if you're playing today. Best of luck if if you know you're not you're not playing and you just got a horse in. Good luck to everybody around. Safe trips all around. And, uh, you know, have a have a happy Saturday. Make good choices. You can make less good choices on Saturday. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, because the judge, no, because the judge is in court on Monday. So make more good choices on a Saturday. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. And to all our pocket aces partners, best of luck. Yep. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>